2: When the New Yorker magazine asked Mark Zuckerberg how he gets his news, he said the one news source he definitely follows is Tech Meme. For more than two years and nearly 700 episodes, the Tech Meme Ride Home has been Silicon Valley's favorite tech news podcast. The Tech Meme Ride Home is a daily podcast, only 15 to 20 minutes long, and every day by 5 p.m. Eastern, it's all the latest tech news. But it's more than just headlines. You can get a robot to read your headlines. The Tech Meme Ride Home is all the context around the latest news of the day. It's all the top stories, the top posts and tweets and conversations about those stories, as well as behind-the-scenes analysis. The Tech Meme Ride Home is like TLDR as a service. The folks at Tech Meme are online all day reading everything so they can catch you up. So listen to the one podcast anyone who's anyone in Silicon Valley listens to every single day. Search your podcast app now for Ride Home and subscribe to the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast. I'm Jason Kander, and this is Majority 54, the podcast that helps the 54% who did not vote for Donald Trump talk to those of us who did about the most divisive issues in our country. And this week, we have a special guest co-host. It's my friend, Jason Sudeikis. Everybody knows Jason Sudeikis from Saturday Night Live, Horrible Bosses, and we the Millers, or as True would tell you, he's Red from Angry Birds. Jason co-created, writes, and stars in the new show, Ted Lasso, which comes out this Friday, August 14th, on Apple TV+ thanks to a hookup from jason diana and i had the pleasure of binging the entire first season this past week and we absolutely loved it it's our favorite jason sudeikis project ever and we've seen most of them i've long been a jason sudeikis fan but over the past few years he's become a good friend as well and i really appreciate him fitting us into what is a super busy couple weeks for him promoting the new show jason thanks for doing the show man
0: absolutely thanks for having me i uh... and thank you for watching the whole show
2: High five, Tree, you know, and no yeah. problem. <laughs> no, people will get that joke in two days. Uh, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, no, man, I'm. we loved it. Uh, and we'll get into that more in a minute. Uh, but before we do the news of the week, which is usually what we do here at the top, we got to settle a little bet. And so uh, last week, Ravi and I bet uh, on who would be the running mate. Uh, he bet Susan Rice. He worked with, with uh, Ambassador Rice natural bet for him to make would have been a great choice as well i bet kamala harris and i won and as a result ravi has to eat uh, my favorite snack cottage cheese and hot sauce and ravi out of solidarity i brought my own cottage cheese and hot sauce and i figured since we got jason here and this is an audio format he can narrate how this goes for you
1: i i don't know if i've ever had cottage cheese in my life so could go very poorly your life's Um, about to
2: change
0: I, I wonder if it's almost worth having a bite of it before you add the hot sauce. I've never, oh, I've had point. cottage cheese, but but the hot sauce is a, is a whole new thing to me. Has this been mm-hmm. a lifelong, Candor has this been a this, lifelong thing or is this more recent?
2: This is like over the last year, you know, that I've yeah. gotten to become that guy who cares about macros and stuff. And I'm like, ooh, this is a perfect mixture. There you but go. It's so yeah, good. Okay. Here we go.
0: All right. Here goes Robbie. Okay. Uh, innocent look on his face. Ooh, a little squinty. Like, what have I done? Why, why, did I, why did I back the wrong horse? Um, oh, now curious.
1: It's like Ted Lasso at the Indian restaurant.
0: It, it is a little bit like that. Again, another reference that people will get a little bit better in two days. Yeah, the spice doesn't bother you at all. You're not, you're more, it's more the texture. That's what, that's what I'm getting from that furrowed brown. I'm
1: well-trained for this,
0: the spice but that but that texture yeah so that's basically i mean what is cottage cheese it's just it's milk that stayed too long that someone was someone very frugal was like let's not toss this let's throw some pineapple and peaches and
1: hot sauce in there and see what we can do 100
2: percent, what it is
1: <laughs> it's god's gift i'll what keep eating it but i think we probably can move on and talk about some other things Jason. <laughs> well i mean think? you liked it though right
2: it's now a permanent part of your
1: life yes Maybe. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Yeah. With that
2: with that, Ravi, we are we are ready for the news of the week. Lay it on us.
1: Uh, great. Well, there's a lot we can talk about this week. The VP search, the coronavirus vaccine progress, unemployment benefits debate. Uh, but I want to start with something near and dear to your heart, Candir, which is voting access. The New York Times released an analysis earlier in the week showing that a record seventy-five percent of Americans can vote by mail this year, which is way more than usual and half of all Americans have access to no-excuse mail-in voting. Uh, So this is a full-scale change to the way our country votes and counts its votes. And election officials in several key swing states have already asked that lawmakers give them more leeway to prepare absentee ballots for counting as they arrive rather than after the polls close. And in any normal circumstance, the president would be doing everything he could to ensure a safe, smooth and accurate election, but that's, of course, not what he's doing. Um, In a Friday night news dump, uh, Louis DeJoy, who's the Trump donor that serves as the Postmaster General, uh, announced a massive restructuring of the Postal Service that consolidated his power, pushed aside 23 career Postal Service executives, and further politicized the Postal Service during an election that is going to be conducted largely by mail. So this announcement is in addition to a series of cost-cutting measures implemented by DeJoy that have delayed the delivery of mail, including ballots in recent primary elections. And DeJoy has floated a proposal to increase the price of postage for mail-in ballots from 20 to 55 cents uh, in a bid to disrupt mail-in voting. Um, In the same vein, the Postal Service warned that it won't prioritize the delivery of mail-in ballots unless states pay extra. Uh, And last week, Politico reported that Trump advisors were pondering, quote, Possible executive actions he could take to curb mail-in voting, everything from directing the Postal Service to not deliver certain ballots to stopping local officials from counting them after Election Day. Kander, how serious is this? Uh,
2: It's pretty serious. A couple of thoughts on this. First, when this administration first began the director of the census resigned, like within a couple, Ravi's taking a big drink of water to get that, uh,
0: cut his cheese yeah, out right yeah. now. He powered through that whole thing <laughs> yeah, he you know, really did. with little tiny swallows. It was, it was impressive, Ravi. <laughs> it really was.
2: Yeah. So, so um, I remember when the administration first began, the director of the census resigned. And I remember, you know, I was running around doing politics and campaigning for people. And I remember reflecting like in front of crowds on how crazy things were that we even knew who the director of the census was and we were freaked out that the director of the census resigned and i think it says that a lot that now at the end of this term we've gotten a point where for the first time in probably a hundred years people know who the postmaster general is like that's how bad it is now that's like the upsetting side there are things that we can do to fight it. There's votefromhome2020.org that's helping send advanced voting applications to swing state voters and then calling and texting them to remind them to vote well in advance. And you can also support Let America Votes, Safe Democracy pro- Project, which includes pressuring members of Congress to add extra funding for mail-in voting to COVID relief bills. Uh, so that's a couple of items. So one, very cynical and upsetting. One, here's something you can do uh, with that. I, I would throw it to the other Jason to perhaps yeah, make us the, feel better i don't know
0: the expert right yeah no, no, i expert. don't I, I i you know i wish i wish i i could necessarily um make us feel better and be like hey this doesn't matter i i i do believe that that um we're at a point where people are paying attention that's the way i felt too about the administration i was like i haven't known this many people in, in administration since like the first two seasons of west wing it was it, it was like <laughs> I, like and and that was for good reason this is for the for the opposite but you know and I know you you and your little guy have gone through this recently, but Otis and I you know have been working our way i've been you know starting at phantom Menace and working through the you know the star wars uh and this is in my opinion like some some you know attack of the clones revenge of the Sith palpatine shit that that you know mm-hmm. they're you know uh perpetrating on 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 folks and it really is feels like yeah, a shot in the dark that is um very, very, very cynical, very obvious, and yet attacks something that helps so many people in so many ways, whether it's, you know, birthday cards from your grandma to, you know, small businesses that it's just so, so cynical. It breaks my heart. I didn't know that, that ballots were only 20 cents. That was, that's what, how economical is that? Well, that's very affordable. Even 55 cents doesn't feel that bad. But when you're like, oh, that's a giant leap. Yeah. It's like, it's I got to find more than two coins. <laughs> I got to handle coins during a (laughs) pandemic. (laughs) Like, I don't know.
2: That's a good point.
0: (laughs) You're not going to use your Apple Pay or you're you're not going to, you know, do Venmo 55 cents. That's like, you know, that's a dick move.
1: For people listening, candor I think you know, a couple of weeks ago, you were talking about how if you're healthy, probably time for us to tell healthy people to go to the polls, probably as a civic duty instead of mailing in their ballots. Uh, do you stand by that advice?
2: Yeah, I would say not only that, um, if you're healthy, you know, plan to go and vote in person if you can, but also, uh, and Stephanie said this last week, uh, volunteer to be a poll worker because You know, if we if we don't have enough poll workers, then they have a ready excuse to shut down polling locations. And that is just another way to make lines long and suppress the vote. I guess my somewhat closing thought on this for everybody, like from a mental health perspective, is that we have to focus on what we can actually control. And one of those things is encouraging people to vote in person if necessary, like I said, and but also to get their mail in ballots sent in as soon as they can. And, you know, I mentioned a couple of things you can do on this issue specifically, but the best thing we can do is just overwhelm the system with eligible voters uh, who are voting for Biden and Harris so that it's that much harder for them to mess this up for on purpose for us. Them being the Trump administration. So, you know, focus on what you can control. I've like 50. Thousand people a day on social media, like. But what if he doesn't leave office? But what if he messes with the mail? And I'm like, what are you gonna do about that? Like, we'll jump off that bridge when we come to it. Like in the meantime, let's win this election.
0: Yeah, you got to win it first in order in order for that you know next phase to hit. Exactly. Before we face that that final boss of this psychopathic video. Yeah, we can't (laughs) we can't
2: we can't have a lightsaber battle with Palpatine until we expose him as the Emperor.
0: Yeah. Otherwise, we just look like a jerk. That's right. Look like we're picking on an old man. That's right. Spoilers. Sorry, gang. Spoilers.
2: <laughs> for, for
1: being... We have a uh, a segment we call Quarantine Corner where we share something from our week, whether it's a book we read, a movie we watched, et cetera. And both Candor and I got a chance to check out your incredible show.
0: Oi, mate, this is you. I believe it is. Wicked. You coaching football. You are a legend for doing something so stupid. I mean, it's mental. They're going to murder you. A bit of news from the other side of the Atlantic. AFC Richmond announced the hiring of their new manager, American football coach Ed Lasso. You're an American who's now in charge of a football club despite possessing very
2: little knowledge of the game.
0: Oh! I know that AFC Richmond is going to give you everything they got, win or lose.
1: All tie. Right, y'all do ties here. You want to talk a little bit about it and, uh, and when folks can view it? Yeah, so it comes out tomorrow,
0: <laughs> August fourteenth. Uh yeah, it's on Apple TV Plus, which I I think everybody gets like a free year of on their you know, iPhone, iPad if you if you have an Apple product, um Apple TV, any of that stuff. Uh if you've watched the morning show with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon, then you probably just gotta scroll to the right and you'll see my goofy <laughs> face. But yeah, I mean, the show is 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 about a small time college football coach from Kansas. We 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 uh, have him, you know, having coached at Wichita State, who does not have a football team and hasn't in a, in a few decades, which made it easier to make them, you know, a team silly enough to have me as their head coach, uh, who gets hired to coach a professional soccer team in London, England, in the English Premier League, which is basically like the you know the NFL, the NBA of of, of soccer there, and uh, yeah, he's a fish out of water and. You know, he's, 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 he's being thrown into the deep end in that water. And he, uh, so he's in water, he's in deep water and he's also a fish out of water. So it's very, it's, <laughs> it's multi-layered, a lot of layers going on here. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's just, you know, 10, 10 episodes. We, the way we went about it is like, we're trying to make a 300 minute long, you know, sports film, uh, uh, you know, of that ilk that, you know, I assume, you know, all of us around the same age grew up with, you know, uh, major league, you know, bull Durham, uh, you know, even, even things like Rudy or, or, uh invincible, like just, uh, those, those, those great kind of stories, but you don't have to care about the sport. I, I think the, the show is as much about soccer as Rocky is about boxing, you know?
2: So, <laughs> Well, I'm going to talk about it for a second because you're by nature very modest, which is why this is probably the most uncomfortable part of the whole podcast for you, which is talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm going to talk about it for a second. Uh, we loved it. Um, look, some, some of your best known characters and you and I have talked about this in the past have been guys whose humor expertly flirts with the line between charm and arrogance and and you do that so well and even though this character has an unmistakable midwestern charm ted also has the other parts of you that, that diana and i love so much he's intelligent he's earnest he's generous he's kind and uh you know at the risk of making this overly sappy like we watched this and felt in a way that was like really similar to how we feel we talked about this like how we feel after we hang out with you like we just felt it's oh, very sweet you know and being around somebody who's really funny but also leaves you with this warm feeling it's a great show about so many things but it's especially a great show about coaching uh to the point where diana has said she wants to use it like in her presentations and her in her speaking stuff that she does for groups high high praise Uh, yeah and uh so you played basketball in high school and college so i was wondering Mm -hmm. if it's based on a coach that you had
0: not exactly it's based on it's based on a bunch of things, you know, because, because coaches are just like a a great teacher, a great mentor, a great partner, you know, whether it be romantic or, or, or platonic, but just someone that, that someone that I've always sort of looked at as someone that sees something in you, sees more in you than you can see in yourself at that point. Because I, I think often, you know, we are, our, our personal baggage, especially as we get older and accumulate more and more, even though it might be nicer luggage, it's still baggage, <laughs> you know, uh, that 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 can cloud our intuition and the way we view certainly the world but then also the way we view ourselves in the world and so you know for a, a great example that that isn't necessarily a coach but one that people know is like tina fey tina fey was someone that when i got hired as a writer at saturday night live told me like, hey, if you can improvise, you can write. And she she knew I had a knack for, for doing improv. So she was she came in there as like a, you know, an an actor from Second City main stage and we and we write our own stuff for ourselves, but then she got hired to write for other people. And that's that's a little bit of a a mind hump. Is that a <laughs> it? Uh Sure. Yeah. Uh, and and she she you know just again was like no no you can do this you can do this and, and Lauren was the same way. But I had I had that in high school too. My high school basketball coach, uh, a fellow named Donnie Campbell, who ended up having a really you know successful career at Blue Valley Northwest after Shawnee Mission West. We had a camp in between right before junior year, and I transferred from Rockhurst to, um, you know, all-boys Jesuit school in KCMO to Shawnee Mission West, a public school. And he was a new coach, so it was, like, starting fresh with this this place as a junior. And I remember him saying that after this week practice that we had, it was like, there's no reason you can't be the best point guard in this league. And I remember writing that down on a strip of paper and hanging it above my door. And it, I don't know if I achieved – I don't think I achieved it. I, don't, I, I I don't think I achieved that, but it at least – the, any bit of me that would hold myself back or or want to um do something on behalf of someone else um as a guy who i don't think it was never been in a bar fight but would fight someone if they insulted like a friend or, or a family member or or like my gal that i would it felt like i was being called to do more and try harder and, and and be the best version of myself by someone that saw that in me and so you know coach campbell was one of those people you know a lot of the the it was kind of like, um, what if Bill Self met John Wooden? Like, you know, John Wooden, the great UCLA coach, who, who has a tremendous philosophy. I mean, people know his pyramid of success, and it's taught in business. And that's the thing I used to teach when coaching improv in Chicago, uh, because I just found the two cornerstones of enthusiasm and industriousness is hard work to be objectively outstanding things to bring into any endeavor you do in life. And I don't care if it's, you know, running for office or racing go karts if you if you have those two things people are gonna want to kick it with you you know (laughs) hang
2: out and and the show makes that point by like it starts with the absurd premise of a football coach an american football coach becoming a football football coach and demonstrates that well you know coaching is coaching and leadership,
0: yeah. and leadership has many different ways. It doesn't all have to be like Michael Jordan in the Last Dance. It doesn't have to be a guy uh, motivating through you know fear and intimidation. I'm not saying necessarily Michael did that, but because uh, he certainly walked the walk too. I think that's the most impressive thing that he was always in, always you know winning the suicide races in practice. Even no, though he was no, no, I like
2: player. I like your your uh, Michael Jordan was a tyrant take. I think that's-
0: <laughs> well. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm alone there. You know, no, I, we, no. did, we, we did not hear much from Luke Longley in that, in, in the last days. <laughs> we now, did did we? What's crazy, the one thing I do want to say about this in regards to like what we were talking about for the first few minutes of this is that I believe that a dangerous combination and a, and a, the worst cocktail of, of a human male is one that is ignorant with, with arrogance. That, that combo has, you know, been played comedically and dramatically for, for a while, uh, you know, in great, in great ways. Um, and, and I just felt like Ted is is, you know, ignorant but curious. Mm-hmm. And the importance of curiosity and empathy and and active listening and restorative justice and there, there's elements there's elements to that throughout this show that inform that show that were all existed long before Trump was, you know, you know, president. Cuz the the crazy thing was the whole idea for the show is is a big high concept premise that we really took careful reasoning of how we can make this justify, you know, justify it as a premise, like where it could be believable because the jagged little pill you had to accept in 2015 was this question was, wait, I don't know, Jason, how can someone who has no idea what they're doing be in charge of something as important as a professional soccer team? <laughs> yeah. You know, no one asked that question now. No one, <laughs> no one brings that up. Everybody's just like, Oh, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this is great. Yeah, yep, yeah, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So, it, you know, lo, lo and behold,
1: <laughs> Well, one thing, you know, it's, it's a hilarious show, but I think the real core of it is the idealism of this coach and his outlook, which I think is actually super substantive and something I think a lot of people can learn from in, in a world that feels kind of cynical right now.
0: I think so. You know, J- you know, Cameron and I talk about a lot and he talks a lot about using your platform and I'm not active on social media. And I think that comes from a little bit of, of when all that started kicking off, you know, we had, I had a weekly platform on SNL, you know, um, and, and so it, it, I didn't feel this call to, you know, also put myself out there that way. And, and nor did a lot of people from my generation. But this show has a lot of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of my beliefs.
2: That actually segues really nicely into a segment that we call unsolicited campaign advice. You and I met right before I started to become more well-known. And and you've given me a lot of great advice about navigating that change in my life. And then through our friendship, uh, I feel like I've sort of had the chance to see up close and personal a celebrity figuring out how to go about using their platform to occasionally talk about politics. So what do you feel like you've learned first from Olivia's example, uh, because she's very active, obviously, and has been for a while. And the second, from your own experience over the last few years about the opportunities and then the potential missteps of somebody in your position becoming more outspoken?
0: I had a very neat opportunity to see the the highs and lows of fame with my uncle George. who was George when he played Norm on Cheers, so I got to view it as like a little kid. I, and I saw you know people be excited to to meet him, but then also call him by his wrong name, calling him Norm, you know, and and how depending on how he was feeling, how that feels, you know, especially when he's you know back home in Chicago or or, or what have you, you know, and and with Olivia, one of the things again, not being on social media when we first started doing it, what I what I loved about it is that that similar is one of the themes of of the Ted Lasso show is like. You know, people get put in boxes. Men get put in boxes. Women get put in boxes. Women that uh, that are pretty get put in boxes. And you know, so people thought Olivia Wilde was this, and then I got to know Olivia Wilde uh, as Olivia. Then I got to see that her personality really came across in her, her in her uh, social media, and it wasn't just her. You know how how funny she is and how smart she is, but also how passionate she is about activism, and. I think you got to you got to be authentic that's the thing you know that that Jason and I talk a lot about is is that uh, this feels a little cynical and glib but authenticity has become a a a currency the same way that shamelessness has you know I think it's it's the you know the force and the dark side right there for you like uh t- to be shameless and you can just keep you know moving your target of who you want to hang out with you know me I, I prefer when leaving the room, people say kind things like, you know, uh, you and Diana do evidently uh, about me versus versus just the theory of like, hey, at least they're talking about me, you know? And that's what we have, you know, at, at the top of the mountain right now uh, as our country. My advice to people is to, it's a little bit, I'm gonna butcher the Mark Twain quote, but every, you know, every person is, is living a comedy tragedy and a drama. People need to listen to people and, and, and celebrate like the gray area of, of why someone might have made that choice. Um, because we're not going to get the the end of the music man where Harold Hill, you know, this con man, you know, uh, comes around and has a heart of gold and falls with the, the you know, he, his heart was too open to Winthrop and, you know, marrying the librarian. This guy's not going to do that. He's just a straight up con man. And so my heart breaks for people that are tricked by him and fooled by him. Uh, and I want people that know better to, understand that the people that m- might have fallen into that category in 2016 and, and might even be, you know, teetering that way in 2020, to know that there's, they're doing that for, for a, a deeper reason and to just shame them is, is, is not as healing as, as <laughs> we, you know, you might think. That was the insidious part of deplorable. Is I think a lot of people in America, unfortunately, you know, f- feel they are deplorable. Everybody knew who she was talking about, and then they co-opted it to, to take advantage of people that, that feel like they they haven't lived up to their potential or something, you know, and that's one piece of the
2: pie. No, I think what you're what you're really landing on is that if you're going to as a celebrity, as somebody who may be now living on the coast or experiencing life differently than the average person, if you are going to speak up and be active, you have to work extra hard to maintain your roots and to maintain a connection to what life was like before yeah. that. In order to be authentic and and be able to speak to people I think absolutely that's I yeah think that's a
0: much that that's that's a guy who does this uh that's someone that knows what they're doing when you can be concise that's the guy that you know shows up on you know the different shows boom face in a corner in a square nails <laughs> it you know yeah I was, just, I was just, you know, rambling, yeah, but, man. But, you know.
2: <laughs> but to, to be fair, I sometimes call you for a joke before sure. I go Sure, and then, shows, you, then so. you
0: punch it up and make yeah. it better, and, and I, I still feel, you know, pretty darn cool.
2: That's <laughs> yeah, nice of you to say. Today's episode of Majority 54 is brought to you by Simply Safe. We're all spending a lot of time at home. Sometimes Ravi is at home doing nothing, and I want to know that Ravi is safe during that time
1: and listeners you'll you'll understand the context of that joke later on in this episode.
2: When it comes to home security companies, most trap you with high prices, tricky contracts and lousy customer support. So there's really only one no-brainer and that's Simply
1: Safe. Simply Safe has everything you need to protect your home without the drawbacks of traditional home security. There's no contract, no pushy sales guys, no hidden fees, no fine print. It's got an arsenal
2: of sensors and cameras, an arsenal, and it can blanket every room, window, and door, and you can tailor it specifically for your home, and it's social distancing friendly because you can set it up yourself in under an hour. There's no technician necessary. To go back to this arsenal thing for real, like we use this, and it, it really is like an interlocking fields of fire to steal an overly violent military term, uh, and, and it, it really does work really well.
1: Yeah, U.S. News & World Report named it best overall home security in 2020. And all of this starts at just $15 a month. So try Simply Safe today at simplysafe.com/majority54. You get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. There's simply nothing to lose. That's simply S-I-M-P-L-I with an I. slash majority 54
2: This is a historic week. Kamala Harris was named Joe Biden's running mate. Has a great chance to become our first woman vice president, and in celebration of the 100th anniversary of the ratification of the 19th Amendment, the United State of Women is honoring its complicated legacy with a week of action. While women won the right to vote in August of 1920, activists have been fighting for a century to make sure that includes all women. With Michelle Obama's When We All Vote, the United State of Women is hosting the When All Women Vote Week of Action. This week, virtual events and actions will examine the disenfranchisement of black and brown communities and celebrate the women of color who have continued fighting to make the 19th Amendment's promise a reality. United State of Women is calling on women like you to take action now by pledging to join the week of action and stand in solidarity with the full protection of voting rights for all women. Take the pledge at bit.ly allwomenvote all women
1: All right, today, because we have a segment we call This Week in Misinformation, where we present either a meme, an article, a talking point, or a video uh, from the right, and we dissect it, talk about what's true, what's not, and most importantly, how people at their kitchen table talk to people who have different beliefs from them about it. And so this week, we're going to tackle the right wing's nascent attacks on Kamala Harris. So when the Harris pick was announced, President Trump wasted no time in going on the attack, posting the following video within minutes. Of the announcement.
2: Kamala Harris ran for president by rushing to the radical left, embracing Bernie's plan for socialized medicine, calling for trillions in new taxes, attacking Joe Biden for racist policies. Voters rejected Harris. They smartly spotted a phony. But not Joe Biden. He's not that smart. Biden calls himself a transition candidate. He is handing over the reins to Kamala while they jointly embrace the radical left. Slow Joe and phony Kamala, perfect together, wrong for America.
1: All right, so they're painting Joe now as the transition candidate, which is something I I think that's relatively new. So they're basically saying, don't worry about him, worry about who's coming after him. And then they're pushing this radical left agenda on Kamala, which obviously they have not been able to make stick with Joe Biden. What should we make of this line of attack?
2: First of all, I'm like, wow, they're trying to do a lot in this ad. They're like, let's make him seem like you know feckless, and then let's make her seem radical. And uh, you know, we just listened to the audio of the ad, but I imagine that there's a fair amount of images of her that try to make sure everybody understands that she's black. I'm, I'm sure that that's what they're doing. So, look, I think that you just if somebody brings up this attack, the idea of like she's she and he are now vessels for the radical left. I think just dive into that and be like, okay, so which leftist policies are you having a problem with? Because like we we're winning on most of these arguments. So I think just go straight for it.
0: It's interesting. I also Slow Joe's new too. You know, Sleepy Joe, Slow Joe. They both sound like great, you know, blues guitarists. I, I don't I don't I, neither neither one of them <laughs> work. I you know Sleepy Joe. That sounds like a you know, a guy point guard for the Globetrotters. Like here and here comes you know, Sleepy Joe Biden, <laughs> oh and he you know goes through the legs, you know. Like I think mean, <laughs> Uh, it's interesting. I mean, even, even Trump's quotes this morning, uh, you know, the outright use of, of quotes, you know, with, uh, you know, suburban housewives, it's like, wait, why are you quoting that? Like, is that because it means something else? <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> that guy should really figure out how quotations work, right? Like, I mean, I hope maybe in his post-presidency, that's a project like painting. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. You he, mm. he, he can do it on a, on a prison wall, uh, you know, with the, with the, with the little, the little <laughs> hashes. <laughs> No, I'm sure I'm sure he's totally innocent.
1: (laughs) The slow thing I find really interesting and just like the Sleepy Joe thing, it's like it's just not that scary. And you could just tell that they're struggling to define Joe Biden in a way that's really going to scare people. And so
0: he's not scary. I mean, you know, like that's not in the way that we know real scary now. You know, it's, it's, it's 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 all it's all relative. And it's fascinating.
2: You know why he's not scary? He's not scary because there are so many voters who I met in 2016 who would say to me, well, I can't vote for Hillary. I mean, if Obama were running again, okay, I could do that. And if they don't say that, they go, I mean, if Biden had run... And so now I'm at the point where if somebody says to me, like, if they go, well, I don't know, I think maybe he doesn't have all his faculties or whatever. Like, if they're making that kind of a a distinction, if that's their objection, then I'm going, okay, so this was about, like, racism and sexism all along, right? Because if you are now just coming up with bogus reasons not to vote for him, like, you just didn't want to vote for the Democrat. He's been the person who people have been saying, like, no, no, I could have gone with him for four years. And so now they have to invent something. Else. Yeah,
0: I mean, hence the post office, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, or, <laughs> yeah. or, or just any type of misinformation. The, the, you know, I I I have a you know a private Facebook account, and a lot of it's from folks back home, and it's it's really it's really something dealing dealing with with this misinformation and the way that we we really got you know caught off guard. Everybody on left and right, like we're all we're all you know vulnerable to it that's 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 the tricky thing and 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 it can happen in in any way it's the insidious part of of the whole notion of fake news is that some of it is fake uh and 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 purposefully so in a way that is is um very very damaging and and so yeah i see friends you know whatever it's about whether it's about coronavirus or or you know people's agendas and people are you know if people write at the top of their thing go go ahead and fact check this Like, like that's that, that clears it for me. It's like, Oh, wow. Well, if they were going to tell me that I can fact check this, then this must all be true. It's like all these, you know, silly little tricks that I, that I feel like teenage me used to, you know, get out of, you know, bad report cards and borrowing the car, you know uh, you know, when on weekends, when I didn't ask for it ahead of time, and whatever, you know, line of salesmanship, you know, a a clever teenager might have, it feels like the same kind of stuff. And, and, and yet it works.
1: Just for the mission of the podcast, for those people who are, just trying to deal with people pushing back against the Harris nomination already. Uh, A couple of quick things. Obviously, we don't know everything about what they're going to throw at her. But uh, number one is they're going to try to make this more about her than about Joe Biden, which is not necessarily a bad thing because I think she's very impressive. But to the extent that she has a more left record than Biden, which is true, what you will see over the course of the next few weeks, undoubtedly, is that her positions will become Joe Biden's positions. That's basically what happens when you run as vice president. And that's something that they, I'm sure they agreed to beforehand. So there are, they're going to be all these clips from debates of the past where, forget the ones where she attacked Biden, which we could talk about in a a further podcast, but where she has a a more expansive view of healthcare reform. She has uh, a more liberal view of uh, things happening at the border and whether it's a crime to cross the border or not and all these things. And they're going to try to make uh, a lot out of these positions. But one thing you need to look for is what is she saying now that she's on the ticket and what becomes the policy positions of the ticket and undoubtedly you're going to see her positions become Biden's positions because that's just what happens when you run as vice president and you become secondary in terms of decision making on the agenda i
0: think when yeah when someone tra- does change from from one point of view to another it's it's good to show the emotional like work like 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 the way you had to show your work back with long division you know as, as a kid just so they knew you weren't just stealing answers from the back of the book or something I, I i think you know having those things line up and be like yes they said this but you know here's how they actually here's how they feel now and here's how they got there uh, and i think it's important for candidates to articulate that too i mean, I mean as concisely as possible because i know that it, it can it can be a rather complicated journey but uh, sometimes when it is just humanized to their own personal take on it, like whether they've you know, met someone that was dealing with something that, that maybe they had policy they were leaning towards and you know, against, and then they met someone that changed their mind, and they can personify it and you know, humanize it, uh, I, I think that that's, that's also helpful from, from their side of things. And I think it could be helpful for folks that are trying to articulate you know, what's, what's real and what isn't uh, you know, to people in their, you know, their office or, as you're saying, across the, across the table.
2: Well, it's a good point, and it's actually advice that we can all take. Like, when we're dealing with people and they're saying something, we can say, well, you know, I actually used to think something similar to that. Here's how I got to work. Yeah, 100%. You know, which I think, you're right, is is a very effective yeah. strategy.
1: Because hey, I used to be a school principal, and, and so every week we used to give out awards to our students to incentivize uh, the right kind of behavior. And so we'd be remiss if we don't give out awards here on Majority 54. And so what we do is we, we single out uh, – above and beyond behavior from the GOP. One award we give out every week, is called the Lindsey Graham Total Capitulation and Submissile Award. And so this is reserved for a Republican politician who knows better, but it's playing the part out of cynical calculation. Kander, what do we have this week?
2: Well, given your work on Ted Lasso, we could not pass up a tweet from Marco Rubio about college football, and I'll read it here. So Rubio tweeted, even before COVID-19, many of those pushing to cancel college football have spent years trying to kill youth and high school football as a way to end the game. They have no interest in getting to yes or in an honest cost-benefit analysis of playing versus not playing. I'll just comment on this first. I would just like to say that there's barely any time to wage war on college football when we're really busy with this war on Christmas. <laughs> uh, I mean, it takes it takes up it takes up yeah. a lot of time. But in, in in reality, like if this somehow becomes, which I can see where it would become a debate for people, since everything gets pulled into the political vacuum, and this is something that people care about a lot. I, I just think there's a very practical point to make here, which is baseball is barely hanging on because they didn't do a bubble. And none of those players have to go to classes on a campus. So, and they're
0: you know, they have a great deal of money in the bank. They get paid for a living. You know, they can afford, you right. know, uh, all the hand sanitizers that they want, you know. Like,
2: <laughs> yeah, they can bubble yeah, themselves.
0: Yeah, that's a giant distinction between pros no, 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 and, right. and, and amateurs, which is a whole separate podcast.
2: No, but like, this is the kind of thing I can totally see being, becoming a wedge political issue where, you know, in Kansas City yeah. or, or a place like like that, like... Where people are like, "Damn it, the Democrats canceled Mm -hmm. football," Uh, so I can see, I can see what Ruby is trying to do here, Robbie.
1: I want to know who they're talking about because you know we're Democrats, and you can't get us to stop talking about how much we love football. So, like, yes, I'm sure there are people in Marin County or whatever who uh, want to end football, Um, and you know what? They have some good arguments. I'm sure, not I'm sure they have good arguments. Like football is really bad for your brain, but we as a society me included, and I played football, um, have decided that we allow people to take those risks. And most people I know who are Democrats um, are not looking to cancel that football. And you know what? Most of the people who made this decision are not Democrats, but the decision affects a lot of people who are players of color who need to be protected. But who's responsible for this? Is Is it liberals or is it the president of the United States who can't get a handle on this virus?
2: I mean, he's trying to cancel it because people won't stand up for the flag. So
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a good reason. Right. That's a good reason to cancel it, but not a, a deadly pandemic. Yeah, that's the that's the situation with the
0: shotgun blast strategy of like the administration uh, where they just they keep throwing things at the wall to see, you know, what sticks, you know, and and when that happens then you have like nine different things going on and they show up like in that that ad that you played earlier where it's like okay one of these is going to work and it's going to work for four percent of the piece of pie and then this is going to work for two percent it's just very piecemeal but yeah they they kind of you know human centipede their own (laughs) they end up eating their own ideas ass uh like
1: uh well that's the episode there we go (laughs) Well, I, I, I'm i often wondering, because we, we look at a lot of Rubio tweets on this podcast, I'm often left wondering who he's debating with. It, it almost reminds me of The Beautiful Mind, where at, at by a certain point in the movie, you realize that he's talking to himself. He's, he's like shadow boxing whether it's this or these biblical t- tweets that he always sends out that kind of sometimes can be a subtweet to the president. Sometimes you're not quite sure. You almost think that Marco Rubio is debating himself. I don't know many people who espouse most of these beliefs that he's that he's arguing against on his Twitter.
0: Yeah, maybe it's, yeah, he's arguing the, the the better version of himself. He's arguing
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the part the part that's more you know open-minded and sort of understands things and the in the part that he wants to be.
2: He's shutting that guy yeah. right down. He's like, yeah. mm, you stop <laughs> it. It's not gonna work. So we're also going to give out a Kellyanne Conway Alternative Facts Award. Uh, So who can we recognize this week, Robbie?
1: Yeah, we'll do this one really fast. There's nothing truly unique about this, but it's just worth pointing out that the chief law enforcement official in our country, Bill Barr, went on Fox News a couple days ago and said some things that were uh, notable. Here's just one quote from this interview. He said,
2: Nowadays, you have, I think the left has essentially withdrawn and really represents a Rousseauian revolutionary Uh, party that that believes in tearing down the system that what's wrong about America today all has to do with the institutions we have and we have to tear them down and they're interested in complete political victory they're not interested in compromise they're not interested in dialectic exchange of views they're interested in total victory and that's it's a it's a secular religion it's a substitute for a religion they view their political opponents and they, uh, you know, as evil that because we stand in the way of their progressive utopia that they're trying to reach.
1: Kander, you often talk about the sort of playground politics of this. This feels like a little bit, I know you are, but what am I? Uh, what do you read into this quote? I
2: hope that they trot out this poor man's Dick Cheney every week. I mean, let me tell you how persuasive it is to persuadable voters when they hear sick burns like, undermining classical liberal values and Rousseauian revolution. <laughs> I mean, what political world is this guy living in, right? I mean, th- that's not the one we're in right now. Uh, but what I like about this is he, he did accuse the left of wanting to, quote, tear down the system. And, and I think if anybody brings that up with you, you just embrace the hell out of it. I mean, you pr- proceed to talk about the fact that everything costs a lot. And only the rich are seeing their pay go up so be like you happy with this system I ain't happy with this yeah. system
0: w- wasn't that the whole idea they were gonna drain the swamp wasn't that you, you, like, you know four years ago right, so right you know it was an effective thing you know obviously a uh, whole bunch of folks voted for that um, but yeah so so yeah we're trying to tear down this swamp're <laughs> you know, we trying to like drain the yeah. drain the swamp that's gotten a little a little swampier you know a few more few more bugs bigger flies they, they fly by your ear you really you think it's a you think it's like a hawk it's like no that's a fly. Glory, uh, but I think
2: murder, murder hornets. hornets. That's right, literally I mean, murder. There you, hornets. Go. there you go,
0: Washington football team. There's a perfect, perfect new name for you: the murder hornets. <laughs> well, that was easy. I love that they they, they still haven't thought one up. It's only been you know going on for 30 years that debate. But I know Bar has without the accent. Bar has like a real like you know Lotso hugging bear energy. You know from Toy Story Three, where it's just like uh, I don't know, oh. <laughs> I don't know about this guy.
2: Family man, huh? I understand. Put him back in the timeout chair. Right.
0: Kind of like a small, small thin voice and such a big round face. I'm just like, I don't wanna, I don't <laughs> buy it. I don't buy it.
1: Well, that brings us to uh, another segment we call midlife crisis corner. And this is where we share some tips about fitness, sleep, nutrition, sanity, et cetera. Uh, today is not saying anything about where you are in your life, which is my standard, uh, disclaimer in this segment it's a recurring segment
2: he makes sure to tell every guest this is this is a recurring segment i'll be short i I realized this week that i miss playing team sports like i like running and lifting and doing the murph and all that but i really want to go play basketball and baseball or maybe like flag football but the dilemma of being you know 39 years old is that those are the sports where you tear things break things So I'm hesitant. I just keep inching closer and closer to being like, yeah, I'm going to go play basketball. And then I'm like, oh, man, if I get hurt, I'm not going to
1: be able to work out for like
2: six months. Anyway, that's my midlife crisis dilemma of the moment.
1: The last basketball game I played was last summer, and it was a two-on-two game. Three out of four of us were out of commission for at least a month after one basketball game.
0: It's a young man's game. It really is. And then I always found that I got hurt the most when playing basketball. When I played the one extra game where I was like tired, and everybody's like, come on, one more, run one more. So that's a little bit of, you know, Murphy's Law or just karma. You know, the thing I agree with you about team sports and just, you know, I mean, so much of my professional life is, you know, based around, has been based around ensemble and teams, you know, whether it be improv or sketch. That a big thing that's, that's been very, very helpful to me has been playing um, FIFA soccer you know, online with, with buddies from the show, like writers and actors, you know, some guys in London, oh, uh, we wow. all, you know, play FIFA and we're on the same team. We created our, our team from the show and the players that look like them and everything. And so we're all, so we're That's all awesome. on there. And so when you, you know, string together, you know, nine passes, you know, on a break or something like that, it's thrilling. It's thrilling. And then our buddy Mo just figured out how to do 30 second highlights of goals <laughs> and, and so you do get that like you know that the energy of of the high five or, or the that point that uh you know lebron will, will will give to you know anthony davis you know someone you know after after a good pass you'll sort of have that energy uh even though it's in a virtual <laughs> sense but that's that's been that's been very soothing uh through all this and one that olivia has been very very kind and respectful of cause she, she can tell there's a great deal of joy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> coming out of it. Uh, and I know that because she often shuts that, that door right there when I'm being too loud, when I'm being too <laughs> joyful. That's the one right there. <laughs> She'll just come in and go, it's loud. It's loud. <laughs> sorry.
1: Sorry. <laughs> uh, mine is very short too. I, I actually took a day off this week on Monday and instead of doing what I normally do on a day off, which is pack it with other things to do. Uh, I actually deliberately did nothing, uh, for most of the day and just walked around lower Manhattan and just kind of noted what I was seeing. And this, You know, New York is a really fascinating place right now and as somebody who grew up here, you just see things on the street that you wouldn't normally see and I just was taking notes and just kind of soaking it all in uh, and uh, it felt good to do nothing for a day and I felt recharged uh, heading into this week.
2: Jason, if it hasn't become obvious already, Ravi doesn't have kids.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Day, Yeah. Do nothing. Do nothing. <laughs> last, last time I did nothing was when like on an airplane that I was flying alone. I was like, those are, those are spa days now. I like, I can't wait to fly again. Not flying with a kid is like, this is, this is great. This is like club med. I, I can do this any day. I'll fly, I'll fly, you know, nine hour flight. What we got delayed. Do I have Wi Fi? I don't give a shit. That's great. I'm fine. You know,
2: <laughs> man, that's me at the grocery yeah, exactly. store right now. I'm like, I'm <laughs> like, Oh my god! I got 20 minutes to listen to a podcast. Maybe one more lap
0: through the cereal aisle. <laughs>
1: yeah. Someday somebody's gonna do a super cut of every one of these that I've done, um, where I talk about like learning Italian and stuff like that. Where it's just your face, candor, as I'm if telling just me, like, yeah, <laughs> it's just That's you right. getting more and more pissed at me. Uh, and then and then I'm like, I'm
2: like, I discovered cottage cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, I accidentally spilled right. some
0: hot sauce in it and I think I invented something. I think. Diana says it's yeah. okay.
1: You know? So Kander, please rescue me from this and uh, give <laughs> us our... Uh...
2: No, I, I love I love that, that for some reason Midlife Crisis Corner has just become Spike the Ball on Robbie <laughs> every week. I don't know why. There's no good reason. It's just, I don't know. You don't even yeah. deserve it. Anyway, life is hard.
1: Yeah. So we have this segment called Grab an Ore. Uh, where we just end with action. And and I'll start with something really quick in the arena world and then pass to you today because we are partnering at Arena with the convention and the Biden campaign to do what's called Campaign Academy 2020. Uh, And it's basically a free opportunity for those of you who are out there sitting at home trying to figure out how you can help move our democracy forward over the next few months without going to the doors. And so the academy is from August 17th to 20th, and you can sign up at training.win training.win and we hope to see you there
0: two charity events um and organizations that, that i'm you know uh, a part of uh, one is called steps of faith where we help provide you know arms and legs to people that need them without costing an arm and a leg um and that's 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 something we're checking out stepsoffaith.org and then big slick KC.org is a uh uh, a charity endeavor that that I do with friends back home in Kansas City as well that uh, we help Children's Mercy Hospital which is an incredible incredible uh place facility and, and incredible staff that that I mean literally do science based miracles on a minute by minute basis and uh, a tremendous place to put any um any extra dough you have there that's not not going to other places that that certainly need it in this in this time uh, those would be two things I'd I'd recommend
2: Absolutely and uh, before I do the close out I just say thanks man. Oh, absolutely. It was really yeah. fun and I really I, appreciate I, it. you know
0: you, you guys know a lot more about this stuff than I do so uh it, it's fun to you know even just try to keep up with you all.
2: No, but don't sell yourself short. You I I get some of the more thought-provoking texts about politics uh from you. So, uh, I I appreciate you doing it, it was fun and I'm going I'm going to plug your show one last time. So, Ted Lasso comes out Friday, August 14th on Apple TV+. Plus. It really is tremendous. It is a really welcome thing in this moment of cynicism to have something that is clever and funny and deep, but also makes you feel good about the world. Uh, and you can follow the show on Twitter. It's at Ted Lasso. If you want to catch a glimpse of Jason Sudeikis on social media, I suggest following Olivia Wilde. Uh, <laughs> sure, yeah. Ravi is Ravi M. Gupta on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Jason Kander on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And our show is at Majority54 on Twitter. Remember, we all have a platform. Make sure to use yours today. Majority 54 is a Wonder Media Network production. It's produced by Grace Lynch and Edie Howard. Theme music provided by Kimmett Coleman. Special thanks to Diana Kander.
0: Yeah, and you still rocking that mohawk?
2: Oh shit! Yeah, I forgot.
0: Forgot to share it with the people. I mean, look at that! Look at that!
2: Diana did a hell of a job. I look just. Like that I actually, Except... really,
0: it really is. That's that's well shaped.
2: I kind of want to keep it. Other, than, I mean, I think I have basically with the process of my. Hairline, I think I have another 18 months where I can kind of pull this off. And then after that, <laughs> there ain't going to be
0: no mohawks. Yeah, well, it depends. All depends what happens in you know, November.
1: Hi, listeners. It's Robbie with a question for you. What if instead of being on the brink of disaster, we're on the cusp of a better world? For that answer, I recommend listening to the What Could Go Right podcast. Each week, Progress Network founders Zachary Carabell and executive director Emma Varva Lucas